This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Stale Radio. Butterfield in for the hat-trick. Astonishing. Of all the unlikely heroes. It's Scannell. Ambrose. Goal. Darren Ambrose for Crystal Palace. And that may do it. Flick goalwards. It's an own goal from Popovich. Hello. Uh, welcome to Homesdale Radio. Uh, the first show, really, that... I would say is uh, an entirely planned pre-record, um, and when I say planned, hmm, I just I just mean that we thought about doing it a while ago. Um, joining me are, are several of the team. Uh, first of all, we've got Ben Nagel. Hi, Ben. Hello. Yes. Hello. Yes. Um, uh, who else have we got? Aaron Mitchell. Hello, Aaron. Hello. Oh. Hello. Hello. We have Albert Curley. Hi, Albert. Hello. Uh... And we also have the legend, what is Nick Gussett. Happy belated birthday, everyone. Yeah, now, that's a very good point. Um, on the 24th of January this year, Homestale Radio was one year old. Uh, oh. we, f- we forgot on the day, um, and then I forgot on the subsequent show to mention it. So, this is the first time we've remembered. Um, happy birthday, everyone. Yeah, happy, happy birthday. birthday. Uh, if we had planned it more... If we planned it more, we would have got a uh, little clip from the first show to play. But... Yeah, we we would have done, but I mean, I'm in charge of the buttons, and there's no way I'm ever playing any clips from that first show. Have we got <laughs> any party games lined up? Um, no, but I have been drinking heavily, so there's... You know, the you-know game. Play the you-know game. How many one-year-old b- birthday parties do you know where people are drinking a lot, Chris? <laughs> uh, um, I, My son's, you know what? I, I, I have got to... hammered. <laughs> <laughs> I got really drunk. Yeah? Yeah. And you're a teacher, right? <laughs> got to set the example, Nick. Oh, so um, teachers aren't allowed to have a drink. Anyway, as you can tell, there's a bit of a relaxed atmosphere because we're recording this and uh, the, the pressure Very seems relaxed. to have gone. Um, yeah. I have a feeling that the, the lack of urgency might cause a, a drop in quality. How do you guys feel? Never. Not. That last word there was feel. It came out of her, but it was feel. Um, yeah, I'm concerned, I have to say, right now. But let's not get 
worried. Let's just go through what we're supposed to be doing. Okay, um, that was presenter chat. It says here, amusing stories, insults, and non-game related stories from Brighton. There were no amusing stories. There were some insults. You idiot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just thought I'd um, get the last one in any, there. Any non-game related stories from Brighton? I don't know what that means. Anyway. The Palisale was particularly good before was the it? game. It was the uh, best did, Palisale I've had. Was it cask or did you have it off the ball? I had it uh, cask. Out the tap. Perhaps I enjoyed it more because my sister came uh, instead of my kids. Because of course good? we can use the adults. <laughs> <in> the <place. laughs> oh. That's the first thing I might have to edit out. <laughs> oh my word! My word! Honestly, that's one of those things that you should think and not say. Well, I don't know. It was fine. It's the first. He shouldn't have said that joke so far um let's see if we can get some more in uh, i've got here things for about contact details obviously you can't get in touch with us live because you're listening to this on a recording i believe um but if you want to give us your your point of view on anything we talk about uh do email us after the show and we'll have a roundup of the best on uh, on next week i think obviously the uh, the t- conversation about the police policing after brighton as a subject that's going to run and run and i imagine people have got some uh, pretty strong views on that uh, we're going to go through some of the uh well we're going to go through all of the transfers that i've remembered anyway um the ones that did happen the ones that didn't uh, we'll have a quick look back through the brighton game itself how things went there was a lot of strong feeling on the boards and we'll talk about whether that was justified or, or whether people got a little bit excited um, my opinion is the latter obviously uh, then we'll, we'll we'll go into some detail about that uh, about the policing we've all had different experiences of experiences is is well of it ourselves um but yes we'll uh, we'll go through that and then we'll probably let you go after going through the one email i think we've got um well let's let's start <coughs> off let's, let's talk about the transfers that have happened uh, the first of which is michael chambers uh he is a 17 year old center back uh we got him from dulwich hamlet he's a former reading youth player uh, coveted by some Premier League clubs, including Man United, apparently. I uh, was invited for a trial there. Uh, seen an interview with him on Palace Player, and he, uh, well, one of the main motivations for him joining was our academy's record for bringing through people quickly into the first team. So I think sort of some decent evidence there of, of the good work our academy does, and which would help hopefully counter what the, uh, the EPPP. Uh, has to throw at us in the near future. But anyway, so Michael's joined. Uh, get some comments on that. Ben, you know much about it? Um, I don't know much about him. It seems seems a weird choice to, to be signing a 17-year-old that, that could be coming up when we've got so many academy players. I mean, Ryan Innes is a centre-back, and, and we were thinking that he might be coming up in, in the next season or two. So I don't know where, where Ryan would stand on that. Hmm. Um, I mean, obviously, we also got Quade Taylor from, from Dulwich as well, who's... Who's probably the him and, and Alex Winter are probably the furthest forward in terms of of looking at mm. first team positions. Um, yeah, I mean, I was I was surprised we went out and and, and got another one. And but he did he played. Um, I think there was a what was I think someone wrote it as an under seventeen game against West Ham the other day, which we won three uh, two, and he played his first game for us in that. So um, right. uh, and then obviously Ryan Innes is away on international duty with England at under seventeen at the moment. Mm-hmm. So. I don't know. I mean, you you can never have too many good players, and exactly, yeah. and the, and the talk of him is that he's he's an extremely uh, good <coughs> prospect. I think the future is uh, definitely bright. Okay, yeah. 
Uh, Nick, you, you're making some sounds in the background there. I don't know if that means you want to speak or you're just rubbing the microphone. Yeah, yeah, I'm just looking at the uh, Michael Chambers Fred's uh, a great post from Wisbeck Eagle. Um, proves that our academy works on many levels. This young man doubtless feels that he's going to gain from being with other quality youngsters and the coaches. He also knows he in a setup where there is a real chance to come through into the first team football early, get noticed mm. and then move on to the big money. Scooping up all the young talent south of the river must be our own. If some slip through the net when they are still young kids, but then emerge at places like Dunwich, then knowing <coughs> the talent still pick them up makes perfect sense. And he goes on to talk about um, building relationships with local clubs as well and loaning back and kind of, you know, almost using them as feeder clubs, I'd imagine. Mm. Well, that's something we talked about uh, last week, I believe, from uh, it was the uh, Dulwich Gavin Rose is, is sort of got this scheme together where he's picking up. Uh, ex-Football League and Premier League sort of youth dropouts and bringing them through into the Dulwich team. It's, it's paying dividends. They've, they've put several people through. And uh, we played them pre-season. There's clearly some either, I don't know if it's a formal link or an informal link, but but certainly I, I agree with that. We, we, we need to be putting the... Um, you know, putting these links together with local sides. And obviously Bromley's a, a side we've had links with in the past um, and hopefully we'll continue to do so. So, yeah, absolutely agreed with that. Um, anyone else got any more comments on Chambers before we move on? I've got I one more no point. Idea. About, about, <laughs> got a point about Dulwich Hamlet. Yep. Um, we signed Ian Wright from there all those years ago, so maybe that's a, a hint that if I was being really optimistic that we might have found another legendary Palace player. Well, you know, that's... I think not not goal wise, obviously, because he's a centre back. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, <laughs> no. you never know. Well, although we'll we'll come on. Well, the next the next guy we're going to talk about is Quasi uh, Apaya, uh, who we've got from Margate. But the um, the comments there, I know uh, Ramsey's been in touch with us. So I'm just going to read out his little uh, post on Homesdale. He says, uh, in amongst all the fallout from Tuesday match and transfer day deadline, uh, slightly under the radar, we picked up the leading goal scorer in England this season. Uh, with Kwesi Apaya having already notched 35 goals for Margate in the Roman, Roman Premier League division. Yeah. Roman League Premier Division, that's what it actually said uh, so far. He says, he's already been likened to Ian Wright and the comparison looks valid. I'm, am I the only one really excited? He rejected a move to Blackpool who offered Margate more money than Palace and seems really hungry to succeed. Uh, according to, choose, to today, today's Croydon advertiser, Chief Scout Steve Kemba watched him at Carl Shelton Athletic on Saturday and Palace moved swiftly to tie up the deal ahead of a number of sides, including Tottenham Hotspur, who were also tracking the striker. Uh, there's a comment from Dougie that says uh, there's a risk asking him to move up to this level. I think it's five, five divisions, something like that anyway, six divisions maybe. Uh, but the transfer fee was relatively small. We've done our background checks on him, which is a bit sinister. Uh, and he's hungry for the opportunity we've get, and we've given it to him. Um, Ramsey says, let's hope he's the rough diamond we need. Uh, seems to send out a signal to other in-house options up front such as Pedrosa and the others uh, uh, to send out Pedrosa and the others on loan till the end of the season um, well look first of all uh, we've, we've signed someone who's scoring goals for fun you know 35 in what is two thirds of a season I guess um, I think it's 22 in the league so the others I guess have come in uh, various cup competitions and what have you um, Albert are you excited Oh, yeah, it well, sounds all right, doesn't he? 35 goals, that's um, it's nothing to be sniffed at. Uh, I can see why he's turned down Blackpool, though. You know, coming from Margate, one shit seaside town. I don't think he wants to go up to <laughs> Blackpool straight away, so I can yeah. understand rejecting that. But yeah. no, it's good. It sounds very promising. 
Um, I mean, obviously, as Ramsey's said, uh, the comparison to the, the sort of Ian Wright story, uh, I think we'd be very lucky to see that, although he's a couple of years younger than Wright he was when he joined us. Uh, do you think anything like that could ever happen again, Albert? What, another Ian Wright? Mm. Uh, well, what? we need to see what his TV presenting skills are like, I guess, first, before <laughs> we can truly, you know, judge him against the great man himself. But, uh, you know, if, if, the, if the fee was right, which it sounds like it was obviously quite small, then, uh, yeah, it's the right signings that we should um, be going for. Oh. <coughs> Excuse me, I'm choking on my yeah. wine. Aaron. Cough it up. <laughs> yeah, rough diamond is the perfect way to put it, I think, because... There have been a few players who've come from the non-league. Um, I think Glenn Murray did at one point, and even Joe Hart. So, you know, there are rough diamonds who have managed to excel, and I do hope that he goes well for him. He excels really quickly, because we need a goal scorer. Damn it. I certainly do. I'm not sure he needed that voice. Um, Sounds like you needed the toilet, Aaron. It does, yeah. <laughs> it does. But, um, I mean, certainly, uh, we're a piece of sort of signing that people have been crying out for us to make. Uh, you know, and it's the one the sort of one that in the past we'd probably have missed out on. I know we did similar things with uh, like Jermaine Beckford came for a trial, and then Leeds came and got him. Uh, George Boyd from Stevenage, been a Palace fan for ages. He was, you know, there in non-league. Everyone talked about how great a prospect he was. I think Peterborough paid two hundred, two hundred fifty thousand for him. You know, now if we wanted him, it'd probably cost us a million and a half. It's it's those sort of things that we were, we were missing in the past, and people were getting frustrated. Um, and and we, we seem to have gone for it and, and you know, I'd like to see much more of it in the future because we're not going to go out and buy established players for millions and millions of pounds and frankly I don't want to see that anymore I, I, you know, I've brought it up before but the last established player we went out and spent millions and pounds on was Shefki Kuchi. Oh God! And, and you know, and as much as perhaps in his last season with us, you know, he he looked almost a football player. I think two and a half million, and it, and it, everyone talks it wasn't two and a half million, but it it was. It was in the accounts we paid. We paid that much for him. Um, I think I think as the further we can keep from that, the better, really. Um, and certainly, someone like Crazy Apaya uh, really does appeal. And I think from from listening to what Friedman has said and, and his interview on Palace Player, uh, and from what Steve Parrish said, I think uh, in in the press as well, it actually genuinely looks like. He might get a chance in the first team, sort of towards, sort of towards the end of the season, perhaps. Aaron, you've just pointed out that um, what do you call it? Me next scored seven out. Oldham Coochie has this season, and Nick's quite rightly pointed out yeah, that so sounds like Yoda. <laughs> it does actually. See, I'm very wisdomous considering my age. You know, <laughs> you called me stupid for the show. How dare you? Yeah, well, way to prove me wrong, hey. Um, yes. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Coochie has scored seven at Oldham this season, but um, that's not really the point. I think Oldham paid two and a half million for him, either, did they? So <laughs> there we go. Um, yeah, so interesting times. I, I personally, I, I agree with Ramsey. It is an exciting signing in some ways, but I think we shouldn't expect too much. I mean, we, we've had to taken a couple of gambles in recent times that haven't worked out. Uh, Simon Thomas springs to mind. Uh, I think Where's he back, now? I think he must be back playing non-league. Um, just it's Sky yeah. Sports News, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, that is, yeah, he looks different though, eh? Um, Nick? Yeah, um, with these youngsters coming in, when's going to be the best start to start filtering them into the team, do you think? When we're safe, when we've got that 50 points, do we start experimenting? Mm. Do we shove them in against Borough tomorrow? It's a, it's a tough, tough one, really. I mean, if you look at the way we've done it this season, um, Dougie started 
the sort of the experimentation with the younger players in the Carling Cup, uh, and we got some very very good results with that. And you know, certain people forced their way into into the regular first team squad through doing so. Uh, we don't have that luxury at this end of the season. So I mean, as, as you're indicating, I suppose if we can arguably say yes, we're safe. That's when we can start looking at people. But I don't know. I, I get the feeling that that Dougie will sort of be more along the lines of. You know, at what point do we say we've got no chance of pushing further up the table uh, and start taking these risks? People are still coming to pay to watch. There's an opposition to take into account. Who, you know, you're going to want to put, you're going to want to make make a competitive game of it. All those sorts of things sort of come up, and and I I don't think we'll see anything major uh, when we hit that fifty point mark. Personally, but uh, that's an opposition, Chris, that's found us out, and we're we're struggling to score goals. So we need to do something different. And I know that's probably something we're going to discuss later on because mm-hmm. there's been a lot on the knee-jerk reactions on the board, especially yeah. 10 minutes after the Brighton game, but you know, <laughs> we're being found out all the time. We're being nullified. Well, look, look, now, now's as good a time as any to talk about that, because we haven't got anything specific where we've, where we've decided we're going to have that conversation. I think a lot, a lot of people who's been following the conversations on Homestead will probably know my feelings on the subject. Um, I... I it's really difficult because, I, again, I, I agree with what you indicated in that it was 10 minutes after the result against Brighton, which, to my mind, and I don't, you could both by all means disagree with me and tell me I'm an idiot. Um, You're an wait, idiot. Wait for me to say my opinion. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, but I, think, I don't think the performance against Brighton was that bad other than the last 10 to 15 minutes um, after, after we conceded that ludicrous penalty to them. I thought the performance was okay in the first half, and I thought we looked pretty, pretty decent side after we scored the, scored our penalty. So I, I wasn't, I wasn't too despondent. I was frustrated um, that we allowed Brighton to push us back so much, um, and that that the sort of the heart and desire seemed to go out of the side a little bit. Um, but certainly not in defensively. I just mean. I mean, we were just pushed back, and and the desire to push forward in the midfield wasn't there. So there were things that frustrated me, definitely. And and I suppose, like you say, Nick, and again, like I've probably said as well on the boards repeatedly, we have been found out with this system, um, specifically at home. And it, you know, the evidence is there in in you know for anyone who's been to been to the sort of more than a few home games can see that we have a, a system that means we don't concede a great deal. We have a system that. When the likes of Zaha and Scannell out wide can break, uh, is a very effective system. But uh, at home, people know what to do. They just double up out wide, force all our wingers back, and then you ended up with you end up with one up front with no one to no one to even head to. Um, I mean, Nick, you asked that question. If you want to say it out loud, go on. Well, I was going to say, is is it just Dougie learning the ropes, learning what it is to be a football manager, and if so? How much input is the experienced Mr. Lawrence? Merry Christmas, by the way, Mr. Lawrence. I'm surprised we haven't done that go before. Um, <laughs> how much? How much input is he having into Dougie's tactics? Or is he just saying, "Oh, you don't want to do that"? Is he actually giving advice or just saying, "No, that's not a good idea"? Is he? How much input? I wonder is is Mr. Lawrence having? Because apart from Lenny, the whole coaching team is pretty um, pretty new to the game of mm. coaching and managing. Yeah, it's, well. It- I would suggest certainly the the sort of anyone who who's talked to us about the club has told us that Dougie's very much his own man, um, and you know we'll listen to people, but 
any decision is made made is his, and he will. He, if he disagrees with something, he'll say he disagrees with it. So that's that's the kind of information that's come out of from people who might know. So I can't say for definite whether or not um, Lenny Lawrence has had more of an impact. I mean, there's people speculating on the board saying our defensive play is down to Lenny Lawrence. Um, I would say Lenny Lawrence was certainly responsible for for some of the input that got, that got us to shore up our defence last season when we were leaking goals when he came in. And we, you know, because we we were in a position where we conceded the most goals in the football league, uh, and it's, it's easy to forget that. And people think you can't keep harping back to the past. Well, it's not really. It's the recent past. It's not that long ago. The squad isn't that different to say that. Um, that that there isn't there isn't work still to do, and, and we we don't concede a great deal of goals, but we but we're we're suffering at the other end of the pitch. Sorry, Aaron, you've been trying to speak for a while. <laughs> I have. <laughs> um, you just mentioning Lenny Lawrence in the defence. You are right. We were conceding a lot of goals, and that's a fantastic change that uh, that has happened. That you know, a defence that was leaking tons is now shored up, and is very uh, reassuring to see. I'm just thinking, um, Dougie's tactics this season was to be well as I think, uh, sort of a season where we want to play solid football and have a decent enough finish. And I think that's reflecting in his tactics. You know, we were top end, uh, top end of the table sort of last year, early on. But I think now he's trying to play more solid football that will get us grinding out results. And maybe, as we do see we have survived, we'll play a bit more attractive football. And maybe next season, you know, we might go for the full bells and whistles. Mm. I, I did read somewhere somebody said I can't remember whether it was on the news report or on the on the boards that um, talking about the Cardiff game that we're about four years behind where Cardiff are now in terms of having the squad to be able to push for promotion. I don't know how many of you agree with that. Hmm. Um, harsh. Yeah, yeah, I think it, yeah. Considering I mean, the money they've spent and you know the risks they've taken that's I think I think, think, think that I think Albert's bang on there really when you think about it I think if you I mean people are making comparisons and, and things like that if we, if we take this angle and saying we scored less goals than we did in this season or that season and people have pointed back to Peter Taylor's era where we scored the most in recent years but it was the most boring football all these sorts of bits and pieces but we're always everyone's always looking at one at one side of, a, of the issue you know what you've got to look at is what was the standard of the opposition back then and what was the standard of the opposition now. Again, again, I've got to go back to what we were talking to Don Rogers about the other week when he said that he quite rightly made the observation that every team is playing this system near enough um, with, with you know plenty of people flooding the midfield and going out not to lose games. And if you, and if you look up and down the leagues, you know, there, there are notable exceptions and they tend to be the people who have had the most money in that league to spend. Or, you know, have have had a squad together for a number of years and and have managed to build the, their philosophy. We're a new squad with little money. We kind of got the worst of both worlds in in some ways, where that mm. uh, we haven't had a chance to build a style of play, and all we've had a chance to do is is to try the our very best not to get relegated up until this season. Uh, and now now is all about trying to find the right balance and it's it's not going to be a quick process you can't you can't look at a team like i mean blackpool are a fantastic example what a great team they must be to watch we we're all saying it when we went up there other than the horrible biting wind that um that would make me want to kill myself i i would love to in in many ways to be a season ticket holder at a blackpool because you know every week you know you're going to get 
you might lose 3-2 or, or, you know, draw stupid games of the last minute goals and all that sort of stuff. But, you know, if you're losing the game with 20 minutes, 25 minutes to spare, Ian Holloway is going to throw on three attacking subs and just absolutely pepper the opposition's area with, you know, it's that sort of stuff is exciting. But he's built a team that does that. We don't have those players. And, and people think we do. They're kidding themselves. Um, you can't change things so, too quickly. And, and that's what George Burley found out. He, he took a team that was struggling, that was on its knees, and tried to get it playing, you know, really nice football. And, and it just it was never going to win us games, unfortunately. We had a false dawn in the first game. We played really, really well for 45 minutes. Okay. I'm not sure for the rest of his, his tenure we actually put 45 minutes together that when we actually played that well it, it looked at nice this level of football it's all about the result isn't it at the end of the day if you if you win you win nice football does work and it's nice to see but it doesn't necessarily get you results and it's just where you have to pure determination pure grit it gets you the results of this kind but of arsenal work. fans i think will will tell you tell you about that yeah, yeah. exactly and that, it's it's a valid point but i i i and i totally agree you you know that's my opinion as well but i i do I do have some empathy with what people are saying. I do understand yeah. that what, there is no point in going to, to watch a football match where you're bored out of your mind. There's no point. I, I, I think people are overstating it at the moment. That's my honest opinion. I think, I think so, every, there's a lot of people out there who assumed we were going to struggle this season. And because we haven't, uh, have just suddenly had to divert their attention to something else. And the easy one is the style of play because it isn't great to watch. Uh, it's, we've we've had some games, and honestly, you know you know how many I've been to. We've we've had we've <laughs> is had it all of them. It is, is. Yeah, yeah, I do mention. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm just saying that <laughs> I've I've seen some nice football this season. And that's the only reason I bring it up. I've genuinely have seen some nice football, uh, and it and it frustrates me. And it was only really this week during conversation on on Homestale that I realised just how poor that that the the home record is in relation to the away record this year. Mm. And I think, uh, to me, that's what I think why this strength of reaction is what it is. I think if you look at, at home season ticket holders, which are what you arguably the lifeblood of the club, home season ticket holders have probably had it rough, rougher than anyone else this season. If you've, mm. only, been to, if you've only been to a few games, you've not had it as rough as they have. If you've if you got doing more away games than home, or even an equal number, you, you've not had it as rough as they have because they've seen four wins in the league all season, and two of them were in the first week of the week of the campaign so sorry the first month of the campaign so it's, it's you know league league results have been few and far between and it's, it was the opening home game of the season where we lost one on a saturday at sellers park ouch that's not good but it's the inverse of last season isn't it i mean we, we I didn't realize we that. just narrowly escaped relegation but mm. having not been to uh, i think it was one away game last season mm. it was fantastic at home we, mm. we we did our home form was excellent last season, mm. absolutely excellent. It's just unfortunate the only away game I've been to this season is when we lost. <laughs> Which one was that? Uh, Cardiff in the league. All oh, right, okay, yeah, yeah. See that, yeah. But I, I don't. Know, it's been it's been a weird old season. But I I think I think the people are very quick to say we can't dwell on the past. We can't keep. Still making excuses because of where we've come from, uh, but personally, personally, I think it doesn't make it any less true. It doesn't. It doesn't mean we haven't 
travelled quite a long way in a quite a short space of time as a football club. And I, and I saw, I think it was Hoof-Hearted <laughs> who mentioned it on the whole today. He said, I bet there's a lot of clubs who would like to stagnate, stagnate like us. Um, mm. Semi-finals of the League Cup, safe, safely in mid-table, um, you know, a decent squad with some really exciting young players. If that's if that's sort of the if that's the kind of worst um, we have to suffer, then it's work in progress, isn't it? Yeah. It is work in progress. Yeah, we're gradually getting there. Just got development. We're just slowly getting there. We're just starting to get onto our feet, and I'm pretty sure next season we will be mm. back to where the Palace normally are. Further up. Now, I know you need to go fairly shortly, Albert, um, so I'm going to take this opportunity on this subject to get your thoughts. You've, Well, like me, you're currently trying to renew your season, or get a season ticket, aren't you? Um, I'm trying to renew, but after your yeah. statistic, I'll, uh, <laughs> I'm thinking about burning the application form, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, I mean, so, so on that basis, should I read into it that, that you're satisfied with the style of play, or, or are you just optimistic that we'll see better? Uh, I'm not wholly satisfied with the uh, style of play, but you know, as, as the sort of as we keep saying, it's a work in progress. And you know, Friedman's only been there a year. Uh, he was very clear, you know, last season when we were, you know, you could even you could argue even more sort of boring at home. But it, you know, it was a means to an end, and we were trying to shore things up. And that's not going to change over the, the you know the course of you know we're what six months into the new season, mm. uh, you know, barely halfway. It's not going to change instantly. Um, so no, I'm more than happy with the way it's going. It's just, it's nice to have a, a mid-table, medio- mediocre season with a cup run for a change mm. as opposed to kicking and scrambling down the bottom. I, I really don't see the um, the uproar, to be honest. You know. No. I think, obviously, perhaps people are missing the intensity of, of having something to worry about or, you know, whatever. Yeah, cool. but I, I just think, I think we start, I think our start has probably done us no real favours in, in people's attitudes at the moment because it put the idea in people's heads that we might go up. Um, you know, it was in my head as well. And I think if I'm completely honest, it still is, as much as it seems uh, slightly unrealistic out in the real world. But when in, in my mind... It still seems a possibility for us to go on a run and get in those playoffs, and I think a lot of people struggle with the idea that it's just not. It might not happen, you know. Uh, it, it's it's disappointing, I think, to to see such a strong reaction. And again, the argument will be: Would it have kicked off quite so much if it hadn't been Brighton we're playing, and if that's or if it had that stupid penalty hadn't been given, that sort of stuff. It all sort of questions you ask, I suppose, but. But you think about those resu- results like that, you know, um, the Derby game that mm. was on a Friday night, we only, you know, only got a point out of that because of a really unfortunate home goal. The Brighton game, really bad penalty given against us. You know, so there's been a couple of games where, you know, through no fault of our own, we've not come away with the three points. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm sure the opposite is true as well. I think we were lucky Bristol City at home were one of our four wins at, at Sellers this season in the league. And uh, that, was a, that was a dubious penalty. Uh, in a pretty poor 1-0 performance. But th- then again, yeah, Millwall, we missed a penalty. We should have won that game. So, yeah, I, I think perhaps it slightly favours the-, the unlucky rather than lucky at home, uh, as Nick is starting to write swings and I think roundabouts is the, f- the last bit there. That was Swing the first uh, episode of Nick Guess It and you've spoiled it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, I can't wait for that new feature. At some point it will happen when Mikey gets his internet back and we can create new jingles. Um, we will be playing the game Nick Guess It. 
What is it? It sounds like a cracking game. Nick, what is it? Nick, guess it. Yeah, if you you could just keep thinking. Who means a jingle? (laughs) (laughs) You got it right there. Um, okay, before you go then, Albert, I'll give Ben a chance because Ben also has renewed his season ticket. I want to get his opinions on, on the style of play he's seeing. Ben? Mm. Well, yeah, I think patience is a virtue and it's something that football fans in general don't seem to have a lot of. We were told last season, you know, don't, like next season, don't, don't be expecting a, a playoff finish because you know, we are building and, and um, we've all said it. I mean, we should be happy to, to be where we are with a cup run as well. Like, who'd have thought we could go to Old Trafford and and win, etc., and, and get as far as we did in the cup. I think we did really well, and to be mid-table after all that is 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 good, to be honest. So, I think yeah, next season and over the next few seasons, just give it a chance, and, and we will get there. We know we'll get there. We've got a good enough, good enough team. The youth academy, I would say, is, is one of the best. So, the future is bright, and I think yeah, just give it time, and we'll, we'll be there. Hmm. Okay. Cheers, Ben. Uh, on that uh, bombshell, it's not really a bombshell, but I'll just let you go, Albert. There you go. How about that? Is that nice? Fantastic. Yeah. Well, thank you very much. Robert. Congratulations once more. <laughs> um, I'm, still, I'm still angry, can you tell? Yeah, a little bitter. Yeah. Bitter. Yeah. yeah, you'll get Oh, yours. well, if it all goes tits up, then I know where you are. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> You've got your friends. <laughs> okay, cheers, bud. We'll um, right, take care. Catch up with you soon. Bye now. See you later. Oi. Okay, so. Uh, we're now I just one love Doctor Who. All right, all right, Jesus. <sighs> Cheeky son. So, um, we were in the middle of talking about transfers when we went on that, that deviation, but I think it was a worthwhile deviation. Uh, we just effectively finished talking about um, Kwesi Apaya. I get, uh, only to say that you, Nick, said start him against Borough, and, and in many ways I'd like to see that. I really certainly hope he's on the bench. Bear in mind, he was working in a call centre for transport for London until the start of the week. So, that, that. Sounds like a that, human league song, then, Chris. <laughs> yeah, it was almost. <laughs> like that. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, slightly worse lyrics. But um, uh, yeah, I I just think if we remember, whenever you sign a non-league player, there's there can often be a settling in period. And again, one I mentioned earlier, Jermaine Beckford, who came from non-league and uh, went to Leeds after trial with us. Uh, Leeds shipped him all out, out on loan to Scunthorpe after about six six or seven months, I think it was. And it was only when he was out there playing football that he finally started to look a player. Um, and obviously, point to, to perhaps Dave Martin, um, who we signed from Dartford, who, who who took a long while to sell. So, I mean, those are the sort of things we should bear in mind. Aaron, I've seen a message from you that says, just a quick note. Yeah, you you hit it on the nail right there with Jermaine Beckford. I think an idea to do is maybe start him for a game or so and then loan him out to a lower league club just to see how he gets on for a couple of months, look at his performances and then bring him in, see what he needs to work on and then put him into the squad. I don't know what your thoughts are on that. Well, I think I think if we were creating more chances and missing just being in case of us missing them, um, I would be in favour of sticking him straight in the team. And mm. curios- curiosity means I actually do want to see him. Yeah. Um, but having said that, what you say is probably more sensible, given them a bit of game time towards you know maybe a month or so at the end of the season. Yeah, just to go and go and play uh, League Two or League One level. Um, Nick, you've said Cadogan in the chat. It's there. exactly what Aaron's just said. Really, let's give them to somebody else, let them build a bit of game time, and see what they like when they come back. And that's what we've done with um, Cadogan, I think. We have, yeah, and. Um, 
so I'll be interested to see how he gets on uh, to, by, till the end of the season. Certainly, to, well, all our loan players are out, really. Uh, are we um, playing five up front next season, just out of interest? <laughs> oh, we yes. We be collecting lots of strikers. Well, yeah. yeah. What's the situation um, with Pedroza? Because I saw rumours that he might be going back to Mexico. Is that is that true? Well, uh, the, the comment I saw today from Freeman was that, that he said that he's on a long contract with us, um, but he's frustrated he wants to play football. So what what might happen is he might lo- get a loan somewhere, uh, whether that's back to, back to Mexico. That seems to be one of the indications, one of the options. But I don't think he's got any intention of offloading him on a permanent basis. I think which in, um, on on another player is interestingly the reason why Dougie's let Everson, or Everson and Dougie have come to mutual consent that Dougie can't promise Everson the football at his stage of the career. So that's why why Everson's gone. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're obviously we're going to come on to him, but we'll we'll talk about him now. So, I mean, yeah, released with a mutual decision. He's training with us for six weeks, um, and then yeah. indication is he's going back to Norway. And Dougie quite rightly said the reason that he was released from his contract was can't guarantee him football, but mainly because there was interest from other clubs. You know, if he had no interest from other clubs, he probably would have probably would have hung around, but. When you've got interest uh, and a transfer window impending, it made made sense for both parties, really. Would have been nice to give him one last game just to say goodbye, as such. But yeah, yeah, it would. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of faded away. It's been been a been a shame in in a lot of ways, and I think I think being fair to him, I think it was about two years and half a stone too late, really. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, well, he scored sens- Sensational player. Yeah, he did, yeah, yeah. But absolutely sensational player at his best. Um, but, you know, he's certainly not, not at his... We didn't get Stefan Everson in his prime, so I, th- I think, you know, he did a good job, and I'm sure the youngster would have had a great time learning from him. Um, apparently, I've been asked to do Dougie quotes in a Scottish accent from now on. I will get myself uh, into a bit of trouble if I keep doing that. Um, let's talk about Chris Martin. Chris Martin. What was that? Irish. I don't um, know. Anyway. It's a combination. <laughs> but anyway, um, Chris Martin is staying till the end of the season. Uh, thoughts? Let's go with Aaron first. It's. I think it's a good idea. It seems to be he's just starting to come into it a bit more. Uh, beginning, he scored. I think he scored one goal. Plus the one he scored the other day, so that'll be two. See, I'm good at maths. Three. <laughs> um, Three goals. Yeah, he, <laughs> oh, whatever. Oh, Darby. for God. Yeah, well, right. you know, you know, you know, whatever. But, um, he, yes, Brighton, he oh, definitely good, looked good. I thought he was, don't confuse <laughs> me anymore, and I am. Damn it. Good point. Sorry. I'm just going to get this out with. He looked good at Brighton. I think he's starting to settle in more, and he's starting to look like a, a goal scorer that he can be. I think keeping him on longer is good, because I think he's going to get better. And you never know, maybe a permanent sign at the end of the year if he likes it. And let's hope he can continue scoring. With how many goals he's ever scored, all right? My okay. maths isn't as good as I thought. Okay, all your memory. No, um, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I mean, I think, I think he's, he's certainly getting his share of goals, but I think Dougie sees him there as, as a creative player. I'd be interested to see what happens when, when Johnny Williams is back, because he's sitting in where Williams was playing. Um, and I'd like to see the return of Williams Force Martin up alongside a Murray or an Easter. Anyway, uh, so um, brings me on to my fault there, Chris. I was going to say, um, we're talking about how many goals he scored. I wonder how many goals he'd have scored if he was played in his natural position. Because mm. the sand is getting better. Maybe he's just getting used to the new role that he's, he's had. Yeah, 
Well, I mean, it's not. Yeah. He has played. He has played deep for for Norwich, according to their fans, and he has played on the wing as well, apparently, uh, which seems Absolutely. odd to me because he's quite a slow player. But um, yeah, I, again, I think yeah, certainly getting used to the system and the people around him helps. Um, although Murray seems to have got worse as he's got used to the system. Perhaps uh, I don't know. There's an interesting issue there, really. But okay, we'll we'll, uh, we'll move on since we've been doing this for nearly. 40 odd minutes um, too long. we've just got nowhere um, so very very quickly uh, Paul McShane not that one is staying till the end of the season um, Ben are you happy? I am happy yeah I think he's a very experienced player and I think he'll bring a lot to the side if not in football with his experience just like Everson was um, obviously we've got a, young, a lot of young players who, who will learn a lot from him but as a player he's fantastic as well I think I wasn't sure when we signed him obviously he's He's, he's been around the been around the block a bit, but I think from what I've seen in the last few games, he's very solid. He's a good defender, and it's just what we need. Do you see his uh, little flip flap bit of skill? Oh, you're up the other end for the Brighton game, but in the penalty area, he did a proper Ronaldinho flip flap. <laughs> it was, it was a peach. It was an absolute peach. If it wasn't for the fact everyone burst out laughing when he did it, it would have been really impressive. <laughs> but um, no, I'm, I'm, yeah, unfortunately, I think that's what uh, where Brighton broke and scored got their penalty from. But anyway. That aside, I, I thought he was one of the better performers against Brighton, um, but perhaps a little bit short for uh, for a you know centre back in some ways. He just seems short, whether he actually is or not. I'm not I think sure. I'm going blind. I keep on confusing him with Johnny Parr. Really? Yeah, he's ginger, isn't he? Um, one's blonde, one's ginger. Yeah, yeah I know. He's... I'm going blind then. <laughs> um, you've put some quotes up there, Nick, from the South London Press, saying yeah. that he'd love to. Uh, he he wants to kind of leave get, Hull at the end of the yeah, season get, get and it'd be interesting to see if um, Dougie, Dougie takes him on oh. I don't blame him seems quite honest. happy here yeah, no, too right. He's got, he's got a few. We got a few options like that. We're looking at some. We're looking at Dumbaya out contract at the end of the end of the year. I think we'll go back in for him. Tunchev, I think, is maybe one of those Pe- people who have come in on loan and, and looked looked decent that we might go back for. Ramage is another one that springs to mind. But, mm. but I mean, of them all, I'm, I'm certainly yeah, I'm certainly happy to see McShane um, till the end of the season. And I think if if other people's attitudes when they come in on loan or anything, anything to go by, he'll he'll probably love it here, and um, I'm sure he'll be keen to hang around. So, be in, be interesting. But who does he replace? You know, is, is, he better, is he better than Paddy? Is he better than Gardner? What do you, what do you think? I'm going to get answer from that. Uh, Nick, can you tell me what you think, and then we'll move. Um, it's a difficult one. If we're if we're playing five up front next season, we'll probably need five defenders and no midfield, so he, he'll <laughs> slot in there quite easily. Um, don't know. Maybe he, he does look comfortable with Gardner. It must be said. Mm. I mean, the Brighton were were kind of long shots, weren't they? And and other games were long shots. Just yeah. just a little bit of a curveball talking about lone players. Who's your favourite ever Palace loan player that didn't sign for us? Mine's Paul Stewart. Yeah, mine as well, mate. He, he was, was just gutted he, was, he didn't get signed, wasn't he? Yeah, he was out of this world. I, I don't really know why. <laughs> it's not like he, he, he... I didn't see it coming. He was one of those where he joined, you thought, oh, what the hell is this all about? Yeah. And then you just what you saw was just so far removed from what you pictured. It was just... He just... He oozed class. He was absolute class. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I thought nailed on we were going to sign him, but we did. So, say that again. 
I thought it was nailed on that we were going to sign him, but we yeah, never yeah. I don't. I'm. I seem. I seem to think that there's some kind of story around that, but I can't remember what it was. Um, how about the you younger lads? Who was your favourite loan player, Ben? No one really comes to mind. That player you're just talking about, I've never heard of him. Is that really bad? Yes, yes, yes it is. Yep. <laughs> you're just showing your age. <laughs> why, don't, why don't you check on the uh, Holmesdale's player database? I'll, I'll do that after the show, Chris. You can yeah. learn all about Paul Stewart, and then you can go and go onto Wikipedia and find out what else he got up to. Find out what he's doing now, couldn't you? <laughs> I would do that. Who's that bloke at Cardiff now who was on loan for us? Chelsea player that we got on loan. Uh, no, I think you mean Swansea. Scott Sinclair? Well, he was good for us, but no, somebody else um, played up front for Chelsea and his name's just completely gone out of my head. It will come to me later. Uh, Scandinavian kind of name. Oh, Chase. do you mean Mikel Forstel? Forstel or... Mikel. Yeah, he was very good. He was. He's at Leeds now, you're thinking of. Yeah, sorry, yeah. They're Cardiff um, and Leeds, what's the difference? Yeah, exactly. Both yeah. dirty. You love yeah. them both, don't you, Chris? <laughs> oh, I do, yeah. I've really enjoyed my trips up there this season. I think it's sure he has. Um, yeah, Forcell was excellent for us. But he was one of those, when I, from my recollection, he, he kind of started off quite poorly and everyone was a little bit disappointed. Uh, and then I think, well, the, the way the team sort of worked, so we sort of suddenly clicked at one point And again, yeah, he, sh- he sort of showed a bit of class. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm sort of struggling to think beyond that. Aaron, have you got a favourite loan player? Uh, the one I just mentioned, I think it'd be Scott Sinclair. Why I don't know, just the name that came to me. <laughs> uh, the, sorry, the silence after you said that was me drinking some wine. Um, <clears throat> yeah, he was uh, he was excellent working with Morrison and Moses, and I can kind of see why uh, he, he would in, would have impressed. Him. And I, the, the real kick in the teeth on that is that the money he joined Swansea for was yes. just. It was just stupidly low. Uh, and we could have offered him the same wages and we could have paid the fee. Uh, but George Burley was unable to make a decision as to whether we wanted him or not. Too much whiskey, if you ask me. Well, that's, not, you, that's your opinion. It's not the opinion of Homestead Radio or its subsidiaries. <laughs> Do we have subsidiaries? We've got subsidiaries, they call it. Well, I, I, I have. <laughs> 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 All right, then. Um. <clears throat> Uh, I'm not going to go into biggest loan disappointment, Nick, because what you're doing is distracting me from the fact that oh, we should sorry. actually be moving on uh, and actually get into, you know, actually doing what we plan to do in this show. I know we haven't strictly got a time limit, but I've got to get up for Middlesbrough at fucking five in the morning. So, is he going to be on? Do you think with the snow? Oh, I don't know, but transfers that didn't happen. I'm just going to rush through them. Wolf Zaha didn't join Bolton. Nathaniel Klein didn't do- join Man United. Uh, mm. didn't join us and signed a new three-year deal with Kaiser Chiefs Um, and Sean Scannell was subject to a £750,000 offer from Huddersfield that was rejected Uh, Spironi didn't join River Plate either did he? Thank God for that He didn't, no, I'm not (laughs) sure that was on but but, uh, yeah, that didn't happen No, so I mean uh, it was gr- it was great to to hang on to those players. Let's just leave it at that. Um, and let's talk about the uh, the match. Palace won, Brighton won. Um, I'm not gonna sort of really uh, sort of hang around talking too long about it because it wasn't really one of those games where there was a lot that happened. I don't think um, there were sort of two two main incidents, and they were both relatively soft penalties. Um, 
you could accuse me of bias, but I think ours was quite clearly more of a penalty than theirs. Agreed. Uh, <laughs> there were a few things that were pretty disappointing about the game. The, the first was we conceded a lot of possession in the first half um, and didn't really threaten. The Then second half we came out and I thought we played reasonably well. Uh, got that got that penalty decision from Zaha, who was very lively, I felt, for the, for the whole game and really did try his best without really having any options around him. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Uh, got that penalty, got the goal, and then I thought, honestly, I thought we played some really good football for for uh, maybe only five or ten minutes, but for a while. And and Dougie sort of put his said sort of what I was what I was thinking myself during the game, and it was when when we're up like that, when we're playing and knocking the ball around, we kind of almost playing like it was too easy. Um, and I know that's a little bit disrespectful to Brighton, not that I'm too worried about doing that, but, but it did feel like that, and it felt that we, we could, it just, you had that sort of feeling that we could score at will, but we never quite did it. And then There was the that place, moment in that five minutes or ten minutes where Wilf just stood on the ball, and the Brighton, he just yeah. stood there, didn't he, with his foot on the ball, yeah. and the Brighton players were, I could see the poo running out of their shorts. <laughs> from the oh, nice. And yeah. uh, they just didn't know what to do. Yeah. They really didn't know what to do, and it was kind of straight after that that the mistake was made that led to, to the Brighton penalty. And I, it was at that point I thought Brighton are going to get two or three players sent off here because they were getting really fed up, weren't they? Yeah, and, and getting quite dirty, and vicious. Well, they the, they spend the most of the game falling over. I mean, I certainly Buckley needs needs a pair of better football boots to stay on his feet. It was, I mean, honestly, it was disgusting. I, I said it at the time. I, I was tweeting updates during the game, and I I was genuinely sickened to watching watching someone throw themselves around like that. Uh, mm. And I thought they are they really are the image of their manager, and it and it really leaves a sour taste in the mouth to have to watch a team behave like that. And it wasn't well, just the whole of the Leeds team do that a couple of weeks ago. Say that again. It's exactly what Leeds did a couple of yeah, weeks yeah, ago. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, absolutely. And, and, and in a similar way that they, uh, you had I can't, I can't remember who was in the centre. I remember who was in the centre midfield for Leeds, but I can't remember who it was for Brighton. Uh, but just really in the ref's ear, just continuously in that in the ref's ear, almost running around marking him, and it just you're thinking, it's Stuart, just At- the game. Stuart Atwell. Don't put pressure on him because he can't handle it. And and about you know about sixty minutes into the game, I felt the referee started to lose the plot a little bit, and and was starting to be influenced by things he shouldn't be influenced by, uh, and and that goes both ways. He was he was slightly influenced by our supporters. 
um, and it's no surprise to see the, the linesman influenced by by Brighton supporters for their penalty decision. And it, it was disappointing. It's disappointing. You want strong officials. Uh, you don't want wrong officials, but you want strong officials as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I know uh, Nick's just headed off, so I won't go to him. But I mean, Ben, you you watch from a new vantage point in this one. Yeah, no, um, I was in the executive box. Yeah, very good experience. I would I'd recommend it if you get the chance to. You, to go well, you look there. well looked after, were you? Mm, yeah, very much so. Yeah, thank you to Crystal Palace for that. Mm. Um, but yeah, from, it'd be nice, from my it'd point, be nice of if they gave uh, Homestar Radio a free executive box, wouldn't it? Um, that would be yeah, nice. for a game, just to, just to thank yeah. us for all the work, hard work we did. We should speak to the club yeah. about that. Well, no, that's I think it'd be really nice if they offered, wouldn't it? Just yeah, no, for yeah, our first nice. birthday, yeah, they offered. For, for, our, for our birthday, it'd be really. Yeah, if they nice. offered, yeah, if they offered. I mean, like, if they could, if anyone could offer, I mean, it would be nice. I'd be touched, and I'd mm, no, I definitely would. Yeah, I'd yeah, certainly yeah. spend more money at the club next season as well. As a result, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. sorry, Ben, you were saying. Um, obviously, a yeah, new vantage point. I was right above the penalty. I was on the left-hand side of the executive boxes, um, and yeah, literally just above it, and it. Didn't look like a penalty at all. I mean, and up until that point, we were playing some good football between our penalty and their penalty. We looked like we could got another one. Um, they didn't look like scoring at all, Brighton. And then it's just it's a shame because after that, I think to be honest, they're all over us, and they they look like the team that were going to get a winner if if anybody was. So it's disappointing that that one decision can can change a game like that, and, and we were I think robbed of robbed of a couple of points that we could have got. Um, how, well. In terms, I mean, obviously, you're at that end of the pitch where we were getting the pressure in the last ten minutes. Though, so, um, yeah. what, what's your thoughts on why on why we allowed that to happen? What? Why we allowed the penalty? Well, no. Why? Why we allowed? If you think about how we were playing before the penalty. Mm. Yeah, I think um, when well, I think nerves is, is a part of it. When we let in a goal, we're we're so worried about letting in another one and, and losing everything that we did have. I think we just we just go so defensive and we don't. We should be playing again more attacking to try and get a winner rather than than sitting back and, and allowing them to attack to, to get the winner for themselves. Mm. Aaron? Yeah, I, I'd agree with what Ben just said. Just on the penalty view, um, I had a view down a touchline. To be honest, Kline barely touched him. You know, just a bit of a bit of a shoulder here and there. But you know, that's if a player nowadays, if they if they get touched by another player in the box, they're going to go down trying to look for the penalty. But I think nerves was definitely what it was. You know, all the Brian fans were singing, which was the only time they did. But it was just nerves. They didn't want to concede it again because they knew how big of an occasion it was. Mm. So I've just got a text from someone asking if they can ring in. I'm just telling them I can't cope with that right now. Um, <coughs> That's silly. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, um, I, I, I mean, I, I, I kind of, I know exactly where you're coming from. I think there's nerves, and I, and as I've said on this the, the show before, there is always the opposition to take into account. You have to respond to the fact that they're going to take a few risks. But what? What has been brought up on repeated occasions, and it, it harks back to the harks back to the um, Peter Taylor era, and that's all players back for corners. Mm. Something you agree with, Ben? Yeah, no, completely. Not nothing else to add onto that. I think. Yeah, completely no. right. No. Um, and Aaron, how how do you, how do you feel? Do we think? Do you think we should have a player up um, uh, when defending corners? Depending on which player it is, I think if you had Murray on the pitch, you need him back because I think he's got a very good head, and especially when it comes to corners, actually, or like a Calvin or someone like that. But I think you need one player up there because we've got the pace. If you get it to that player, they can hold it up like an Easter or someone mm. and wait for the wingers to come in. So for me, you'd have to keep a player up. Mm. Okay. So we've, 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 we've spoken about the, the sort of the balance of play. We've talked about how 
how we saw it happen. We've talked about how we ended up very much sort of scraping by. Who were your best performance performers on the, on the Palace team on the day, Aaron? Um, for me, Martin. I think I said just a minute ago. For me, it was definitely Martin. I think it was my man of the match. He had a very good performance. Looked lively, and of course, the penalty was a beauty. Uh, other best performance, I thought Yelenak again. He he wins everything in the air. It's always like got a longer neck than everyone or something like that, or his hair. But uh, <laughs> Garner, Garner was another one, especially when he skinned those two players on the touchline. That was fantastic. So those would be my three to pick out from. Okay, uh, Nick, you're back. So who, who are your standout performers for Palace on on the day against Brighton? Uh, he's just too good for you, Zaha. Um, <laughs> particularly good for for twenty minutes, half an hour or so, because they, they, they were so scared of him. Um, I don't think anybody had a bad game. It was I thought it was a, a pretty good team performance. And just just agreeing with you um, earlier about what you were saying about the corners having nobody mm. up. Um, but yeah, I thought it was a a good all round team performance apart from the soft penalty. Yeah, it was um, so. It was, it's okay. So, on that basis, why why the strength of feeling at the end? Uh, police, police, policing aside, we'll, we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, although not for as long as we were planning, but policing aside, why such a an intense reaction to the style of play? Do you feel at, at the end of that game, Nick? Because we'd seen the the before the goal, the Brighton goal, we'd seen what we are capable of. Mm taking the mickey out of them and why didn't we I know the the opposition have a lot to do with it and they probably sort of their heads went up a bit after they got the undeserved goal but why can't we just swing straight back into what we were doing and scaring the bejesus out of them the, the yeah. subs made a difference I think when Easter came off um, and Ambrose came on I know Ambrose is a player who can, who can get something out of nothing and, and yeah you know, score his wonder goals. But other than that, there's only a couple of games I've seen him where he's actually putting wide on a shift. And and the game seemed to change with the subs. We seem to be, although we seem to bring more attacking players on, we seem to get more defensive, mm. if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I know, I know definitely what you're saying. We, we seem very much more prone to losing our shape and balance uh, just through the change of one person, I think. I think... We quite got quite a fragile system in some ways. Um, that's weird. I, I, yeah, again, it's, I suppose if you're thinking certainly out wide, like for like doesn't really happen if you take off a scanner or a Zaha for Ambrose. Um, and we've talked before, and I, I don't know, I can't remember if I've said it on the show or not, but but I've, we're very one-paced in the midfield, um, in the centre, and I, I personally think where we we struggle quite a lot is that. The the, center, the the wide players in the midfield lineup are just so far removed from from the central players in terms of the wide players are set up to break and to be to be attacking and, and to do all that work. But when they're but but the, the the central midfield players aren't set up to break. They can't move quickly. You've got enough. a fifty fifty, haven't you? Defensive yeah, midfielders yeah. and attacking wingers. Well, no, it's it, do you know what? It's not that weird a system. In that plenty of teams do it. Plenty of teams have a defensive sort of uh team set up with mm. with four players whose responsibility is to attack now we have martin in behind the striker be it murray or easter and we have wide players which are usually zaha and scanner or zaha and ambrose and, and and that's kind of how we work um but but the wide players are doing too much defensive work 
uh, and we're not conceding as a result, but we're certain. I mean, when you think back to to the Cardiff game that we ended up obviously losing on penalties, you think back to very, very late on, and you had this absolutely sensational block from Wilf Zaha near enough on his yeah. own goal line. And you're thinking, that's great, that's brilliant, especially we're down to 10 men. It's great that you're, you're, you know, you're doing that. He shouldn't be doing it, should exactly. he? Exactly. But that's not what Wilf Zaha is about, is it? No. Um, so I think, is that, I think personally, we're talking about it now, we can see that's where people are getting frustrated. But I think certainly it's, it's, it's gone over the top as, after this game. I think, I think it's a number of factors for me. And, and, and the, one of the factors is, is Brighton. Uh, one of the factors is people felt a little bit aggrieved how they were treated by the club and by the police after the game, <clears throat> and and you know and it was a it was a late-ish goal and and it's a disappointment. Uh, the goals are scored in another order in the other order, you know Brighton go one up and then we equalise and it's a completely different feeling. It's it's a mm. very very odd situation, but I, I I'm I've been I've, I've been surprised that people haven't. You know, we're we're a few days after it now, and people still haven't quite come to terms with it, um, with who what we are as a club right now. And yeah, it's been, it was a bit it was a strange game because I, I mean I spoke to a, to a mate that evening, and uh, he you know he's pretty critical of of Palace at the best of times, but what he said to me was you know I've gone home happy because this season we've played Millwall and Brighton, our two most intense rivals mm. we've beat, beaten both of them at the, in their own backyard and they haven't managed to beat us in ours so, it's not, so yeah. I'm happy I'll go to sleep happy tonight and I, like, I think that as an attitude is, is much better for me I, I, I'd like to see more of that from other people really uh, Nick mm. yeah I mean you just took the word out of my mouth actually about the um, the Millwall uh, not being us and the Brighton not being us just going back to what you were saying about the, the midfield attacking Kosowski um, posting an interesting thread, our stagnation of reason, Neil Dams, and just wondering if we are missing him a lot. Yeah, well, I, I mean, very, very quickly, I, I put my, my feeling on that, and I think he's right. I think he, he used the phrase stagnating, and I, and I don't believe that that's true about our football club. But what I do believe is that we are currently, without Johnny Williams, we are currently missing a player in the midfield whose first thought is to go on the offensive. Um, I, can't, I won't really go into it more than that. I'll give you guys a chance to answer. Uh, are we um, putting too much on Johnny's shoulders for when he comes back, though? Oh, absolutely, yeah. But can't be helped. <laughs> can't, can't be helped. He's too good. Okay. Random <laughs> answer there. Fair enough. Um, it's, it's, it's funny how it always comes back to Johnny Williams, isn't it? You always seem to find, oh, you know, the midfield, so-and-so, we're not going forward enough, or blah, blah, not chasing balls down. And it always comes back to Johnny Williams. It's quite strange. It's like a maze in a way. But you could say you're putting too much pressure on his shoulders, but then he might rise to the occasion. But he is missing. But it doesn't just because he comes back doesn't mean other players can't put in their fair share of trying to do what he does and rec- um, rectifying that. It's a very good, that's right it's a very, very, no, it's not, but it's a very good point you make, Aaron, anyway, um, about the effect of having someone like him come back in. Um, it's the effect it has on other people as well. Mm. If you look at how well John, Johnny Williams interacts with the other young players for a start, um, Zaha especially, yeah. um, he, he interacts very well with those guys, you know, quick passing, full of, full of running, um, but he's incredibly creative, and he he is that missing player. He is that player who links everything. And I, at the time, I didn't really think about it. when he got his his leg broke. For us, a real shame for him. But 
you know, he's only a young lad. We're not we're not reliant on him. And then I had a look at his assists and 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 then you know I just had to look over the games that he'd played. I think it's thirteen or fourteen games he'd played, and how he was involved in it. Absolutely, it is everything. quite surprising, isn't it? And then and then you go on other people's websites when they've played. It's like Brighton after we beat him three one at the Amex. You look at that and everyone's saying, "Who's this little ginger kid in the midfield?" He absolutely <laughs> ran the game, and you're just thinking, you know, yes, we're putting a lot of pressure on him, but he is that good. He, yes. in, in my opinion, he is that good, and. We cannot, we cannot go out and buy a player like Johnny Williams. We cannot do it. We, there's no one. Our, our way of doing that, if you look at what we've done, was to loan Chris Martin. Yeah. Now, I'm, that's not. I'm. I'm not in any way offending Chris Martin. He's he's done actually. He's done very well for us. He's put a few goals in. Uh, he links up play really, really well. It's not really playing in a, the best system for him, but he does a good job. But if you want to tell me Johnny Williams is not a better player, then I'll tell you you're a liar because Johnny Williams is a better player, even yes. now, even at 18. Even with a broken foot. Even with a broken foot, yeah. <laughs> Even on crutches. Ben, you've been quiet. Anything you want to add to that? <laughs> uh, not particularly, no. I think you've, you've summed it up nicely there about Johnny Williams and how, how necessary he is. Mm. I get the feeling you're doing something else while this shows them. What are you up to? No, 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 no. In particular. Watching yeah. Take Me Out. <laughs> <laughs> You've usually got either football on in the background, or um, no, I'm in my uni run. There's no no telly oh, yeah. to watch football on. Is the missus there with you? She's not. No, no, she's not. Oh. Not here at the moment. Oh, I'll find interesting well. question to ask. Well, I'll be around in five. It rules out one thing and not another. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> uh, anyway, <coughs> sorry, Ben. I apologise. Shouldn't we be moving on? Yeah, we should. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a subject, is it, to talk about? Um, okay, well, look, show just, <laughs> show plan. It's not in the show plan, that was it, no. Uh, look, to sum up the, the, the Brighton game, um, on reflection, I, I think we did okay, and I think people have reacted quite angrily to, uh, to Dougie's comments, but um, uh, in, I don't, th- don't think they, they were wrong. He, we were in the ascendancy when we sc- after we scored, we should have taken our chances. It was a, it wasn't a penalty. There's I don't think uh, we gave them an opportunity we shouldn't have done, and, and for whatever reason, Nathaniel Klein was responsible in many ways just for not clearing, and, and hopefully he learns from that. Um, but overall, we, we weren't bad at all. Uh, the, the attendance was a little disappointing, and I think that potentially had a lot to do with how hard it was to buy a ticket. Mm. Not really a, a subject I want to go into now. Uh, because it has a lot to do with the, the policing situation and, and the advice that they were given about home fans in away areas. And anyone who was there would have seen that there was a home fan in the, in the main stand who caused a problem when the penalty went in, all those sorts of things. So, you know, it, on, on reflection, the game was, the game was a decent game. Um, wasn't particularly exciting, certainly the first half, but for the sake of a, a dodgy penalty, I think people would be a lot, lot happier. So probably not worth worrying too much about. And, um, Attendance, like I said, was quite low, but atmosphere was was decent enough and, until the end of the game, and that's where we go now and talk about what happened after that. Um, obviously, the, probably the the first thing to talk about was was the alternate fixture up at the Amex um, and what happened there. Now, most people know there was a degree of uh, uh, trouble up in, uh, down in Brighton. Um, <clears throat> I myself ended up in the police escort of about well several hundred of us or basically anyone who happened to be drinking 
in the Weatherspoons in West Street in Brighton. Um, got marched through up West Street and pelted with bottles and all sorts. And then there were fights before the game and after the game and all sorts. So there is there's a precedent been set for the police and part of the intelligence uh, gathering process for the game at Selhurst is is what happened down at uh, down at Brighton. So mm-hmm. that's worth bearing in mind. Um, that aside, there was there kind of two two areas really um the first is home fans being kept in uh and the second is the construction of what essentially were walls to prevent fans from mixing which essentially just forced fans to go different directions and meet all at the same time at norwood um of course plenty of people had different experiences i myself got for whatever reason managed to get shepherded all the way around and ended up at cellar station even though i wanted to go for a drink in the cherry trees <laughs> I, I ended up just going home got on a train the train was direct to Brighton, not direct the train was a stopping service to brighton full of brighton fans i'm on my own obviously i don't, uh-huh. I don't, I don't really mind too much it doesn't really bother me in the slightest but you know feasibly that could easily have happened to someone uh, who was you know who felt more vulnerable and more more concern than than I did, so <clears throat> that's the sort of thing for my or more my, violent or more violent than me. <laughs> but um, I, I just for me that that that's my personal experience. My personal experience was that I ended up on a train with away supporters on my own because of the actions of the police. I wasn't massively impressed with that. Um, I was even less impressed to start reading what other people's experiences were. I mean, first of all, Ben, you you were lucky in some ways, and you had your executive box. Yeah. Ooh. Expender. Mm. Well, so I didn't pay for it. Don't worry. <laughs> so you hung around for forty-five minutes and, and and saw nothing of it, really. Um, Aaron, what was your experience? Um, my experience was in terms of the police cordon walls and that it wasn't too bad because it's only a short um, deviation around just to get to Seller Station again. But um, being kept in was no Nick. There's no link for that. Um, but keeping back was quite frustrating. I think it's about ten, fifteen minutes, but. We all caught, sort of kept ourselves entertained, singing a song and that. Woke up uh, one of my friends, which was quite funny, but, you know, it, it was just no need for it. For home fans should get priority. Considering that there's more there's more of us, you think it's more important to get us out of the stadium first rather than the Brian fans. And, cause, of course, considering we're all going to the same train station, really. So I'm just a bit frustrated that they've been given um, more privilege than we have. Yeah, it's preferential treatment to us. But I, th- I think the biggest point in that is... You can argue in some ways that there is some logic and get you can move off a smaller number of people quicker than you can a large number of people, right? Mm. So there there is some logic to that argument. But that that aside, I have been to a lot of football matches and never have I seen that situation. No. I've just it just does not happen. Uh, what what usually happens is the away fans are held in for a period of time, usually 15 to 20 minutes. They are then given a police escort to their mode of transportation, mainly a train station. Um, I, For example, as an away supporter at Brighton, I didn't get a choice on how I went to the ground. I didn't have a ticket for a train. I was supposed to be being picked up by a minibus and tr- t- driven to the stadium. I wasn't, <laughs> alla- I wasn't allowed to do that. I got, mar- I got marched out of a pub when I was halfway through a drink and told where I was going and what I was doing. So why? What the the question is? Why does that happen to us as away fans and as home fans? Uh, and that's what I think um, has has sparked off quite a lot of. Well, that on the night sparked off quite a lot of of anger and aggression from 
from Palace fans, which in itself it was, was mixed with was met with anger and aggression from from the police and from the yeah, authorities. People, yeah, people, people climbing the walls at the top yeah. of the Holmesdale Road. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, before we go any further, Nick, what was your experience? Um, from the family stand, came out to Holmesdale Road. We were parked up. We park up way. Way north of, if it's north of Norwood Junction High Street, anyway, went out of the way. But we were diverted right and then turned left at the, um, what's that pub there on the corner? Completely escaped my mind. It's home fans only. Um, and then we got up the road towards Norwood Junction High Street, got to the clock mm. tower, and we were called and in kettled. Now, I'm glad I didn't have any kids with me because we were stood there in the freezing cold mm. for 45 minutes, uh, five of which we saw. All the Brighton fans all passed, and I think they were just the Brighton fans to get on the train. But from from our perspective, there was no communication from the police. I'm just doing my job. Was the was the stock answer? It wasn't any. Oh well, look, we're sorry about this, but we thought it best if we got the Brighton fans out of the way. We'll be off as soon as we can. We're very sorry about this. Um, and there were old people there just mm. shivering and. You know, they they could see their cars, and they could see their cars being keyed by Brighton fans. Yeah, yeah. And you know, they were saying to the police, "Look what it's doing to my car! Look what it's doing to my car! We can't we're helping you lot." And there were a few Palace fans who thought they'd have a bit of a go at the police, and yep. you know, and a few chances of we're supposed to be at home. I mean, it was all pretty good natured. It was just the the lack of communication from the police. Mm. Really. I mean, yeah, no, absolutely, mate. And I think you're you're your comments echo a lot of what I've read uh, online about the situation. Um, I, I mean, I mean, in some ways, I'm in, I'm in a slightly privileged position because I've heard, I've heard the, should we say, the club's side of it from, not not in this particular game, but from just talking about things in the past and, and talking about how how the policing influences what they do, what that what they can talk about and what they can't talk about, and all that sort of stuff. And obviously, in in the confines of Sellers Park, the club have a say in what happens. The stadium manager has a say in it. Um, you know, the amount of segregation. It's all it's all the club is involved in all of that. As soon as you get out of the confines of the stadium, out onto those roads, there's just no control from the club. So first of all. I think pe- anyone who's chosen to have a go at CPFC 2010 over this issue is is well out of line because it's not their respons- it's not their responsibility. They have listened mm-hmm. to the complaints of other of, of people. If you read their statement, if you read the things that Steve Brow has been saying on the on the BBS, it'd been making it absolutely clear that they've they've asked for a meeting with the authorities as soon as possible to discuss the the situation that fans have found themselves in. Um, so that that first of all, I think that's a really a point really worth making. Is you, you, as angry as you might be over over the issues, you cannot. It's not the club that is 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 responsible for making these decisions. Although I have heard that um, some people were told this this was the case by the police. Um, Nick, if if that was the case, if I'd have been told before it all happened, mm. we'd have gone into glaziers for. A- 40 minutes and had a drink rather than standing in the mm-hmm. street. And also the, a couple of people have mentioned about the away fans being moved towards mm. the family stand, which is another another whole uh, podcast in itself about the, <laughs> the ramifications of that. But, you know, we, we were told they'd be moved so there'd be less police. Uh, there were more police at Palace on Tuesday than there were on the blooming um, march that I went on. The... Uh, the um, Cups march I went and I saw more police at Palace. It's ridiculous. 
Yeah, absolutely, Nick. And I, and I, I think what what you've what you've you've come back to there is is the perhaps the key point in all of this is that there there was just no communication. Um, mm. I think I think the the site certainly I felt walking when I walked out of Homesdale onto the Homesdale Road and I looked to my left and I just saw a massive light on top of a huge steel wall um, with uh, pl- two police horses and some electronic sign pointing me in the direction I had to go. I, I wondered exactly where I'd walked out of and where I'd, I didn't didn't think I was suddenly in Croydon anymore. And I just I mean I'm I'm at a loss really to ex to explain why that was considered to be the good idea. Now, I've, I've seen that these tactics have been employed elsewhere, uh, other football matches, other sporting events or something like that. But this is, this is Crystal Palace Football Club. It's not. You know what I mean? It's, we're, not, we're not Millwall. We're not, That's what I was about to say. <laughs> I mean, we're not, we're, not, we're not anyone who's worth worrying about on that side of things. We've got an, an element of fans who would like to be Millwall. And you know, call call people Nigels for daring to disagree. But I just think, uh, what you know, what really, what is going through people's minds? What because what it comes down to, and when you look at the police statement, um, it's talking about in being intelligence led, and it's it's so what who who is responsible for telling the police that Crystal Palace FC's supporters are that dangerous that you have to construct a huge wall. To keep them away from Brighton fans. Aside from the fact that all it did was push everyone into the same location at the same time, you know. Shoot, aside from the fact the tactics completely failed, they um they then look at that situation and in their statement they've said, "Nick, have you suddenly gone outside?" <laughs> um, they, He's they, left. <laughs> yeah, yes. They look at that um that statement and. Uh, sorry, they and, and they look at what happened, and they say that there were some clashes with fans. So we were proved correct that there was going to be some issues. Well, no, you you created that issue. That's what actually happened. You created mm. that problem um, by simply not sticking to the tried and tested methods that have been used for years on. Years on. There's people quite rightly pointing out that they've been they were at Palace in the seventies and eighties, and they seen nothing like it. All that people do. Even in the worst times, all you do is you keep the away fans in there, you disperse as many people as you can, and then you escort the away fans away from the ground. Yeah. You know what's it's difficult? Why change? Sorry, sorry, Nick. It's that simple. It's, it it's that bloody simple. I'm sorry, but, you know, and there's an away fan, you, you expect it, and you don't moan about it. No. Did I, I didn't <laughs> cry my... 5-0. Mm. 5-0, and we can't go home. We couldn't see yeah. that, could we? No, exactly. No, I mean, what, we were at Millwall on New Year's Eve. Um, I had to wait, must have been 25 minutes to get out of there. And, and I was, then we were all marched down that tunnel known as Coward's Walk or whatever it is. We were all pushed down there and told to get on trains. We all had to get on trains up to London Bridge, all massively inconvenienced. But that's, you're, you're an away fan, that's what happens. No, you expect no, it. no one complained, because that's what you do. That's what, that's what they've done every time. They, people, every person who's been to Millwall before, that's what they've done every time. It's not, it's not any concern at all. <clears> you expect it. So it is. It's a big two fingers up to the Palace fans, and, and the reasons for it aren't clear. Um, when you when you read that justification, and, I, and there's been some great statements uh, by, I mean, there's a great statement from the trust on the on this issue, uh, and I've seen various other comments from various other people, all saying the same thing. Look, we've never seen anything like it. 
it, it was a huge is it, there's no way that that was cheap to do what they did and it and it wasn't warranted there's no way it can be justified and the justification given in the formal statement by the police just does not wash it doesn't make any sense that they've the only justification within it says that there was trouble and if you just as we've said the trouble was caused by the it was caused by them bloody calling it all off yeah now look i'm not gonna i'm not gonna defend uh the group of our fans or the group of brighton fans that went out looking for trouble because they were there uh, just like they're there for every club at every game there's people who are who are idiots you know i i i myself have to listen to some of our fans who are idiots abusing me or abusing people on with that sort well, of stuff. every club has them don't they you do, you do get, you do get idiots, and but you get idiots in every walk of life, not just at a football match. Exactly. Uh, and it's no justification for treating what is a majority of people who are paying customers to go and watch a sport and doing something that they love doing. It's no justification for treating those people like animals, and that's what's happening. Hmm. And it's going to get worse if people keep trying to brush it off, and it, and just yeah, it's just so so frustrating. I think I think it's just been hyped up. I think they've they've seen. How many Brian fans are going and how many Palace fans they've been. Mm. And they've seen what's happened over the years. There's not been that much problem. And I think they've just up, they've, they've made the rivalry seem worse than it is. Yeah, we're not a bad club. We're not, okay, I'm just going to use Mill as an example, probably the worst. We're not ones who go out looking for fights with rival fans. Okay, some people you get that at every club. But mm. the way they dealt with the situation was not good enough. I had yeah. fans, I was walking down. Had fans asking the police, you know, for advice where to go, because even I was lost at one point. Mm. And they're just standing around saying, "I'm sorry, but you've got to move on." At the end of the day, I even caught up some bleating Brighton fans at the station because we're all going to the same place. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I have the same thing as you, mate. I'm travelling the same direction as them. Um, yeah. But all right, Nick's going to lighten the mood now. Come on, Nick. <laughs> coming out, coming out of the ground, we turn right the, onto the homestand, and that first turning on the left past that pub, I still can't remember the name of. And there was uh, a, a bloke in a security jacket, nothing to do with Palace, blocking about 20 cars coming in the direction. And there was no way he was going to move. And he, he folded his arm. And then really casually went to throw his match out the window, but his window was shut. And then he's just stamping the flames out on his jeans. And that was so bloody cool. He didn't because his window was shut. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, it was kind of that, I'm not going to move for these 20 cars, and then we just stuck there. Yeah. That's, oh, that's awesome. I mean, you know, yeah. That, uh, what can you say? You said we had an email, Chris. Hmm? Did you say we had an email? We've got an email. We've got an email from... Yeah, we, We've got, uh, we've got, well, we've got a few things. Uh, I want to quickly mention that on Twitter, uh, John Thorohood, it says here, Thorogood, uh, says not happy ab- about uh, the police. Home fans should never be kept in after game whilst away fans will never able to leave first. Obviously, we we have covered that, but that to me that was the that's the thing that's probably annoyed the most number of people because it's a basic expectation and courtesy um, issue, um, and it and it kind of it gives people. But it also, it's frustrating for me, it gives people a, a reason to kind of belittle the situation. Oh, you're just annoyed because you were slightly inconvenienced, people have been saying. Um, and that that really does, it's, it's offensive to the people who had real issues, and there were plenty of those. You only have to ask the uh, Amanda, uh, uh, I've forgotten her name, Matt nearly said Amanda Knox, that was that girl who 
who was uh, acquitted of that murder. <laughs> but, um, that could have gone a lot worse. Yeah, yeah, that's quite concerning. But um, the Football Supporters Federation is what I'm trying to think of anyway. Um, and yes, they, I mean they've had they've had a horrendous amount of complaints on this issue. They they really have, and it, it's there are real problems that happen to people. And, and whether that was your experience or not, th- this has got to a point where it needs addressing. Uh, there are groups of, of fans who groups who represent fans who, who are looking at what they can do to get involved in the process. I can say from personal perspective, I can't see anyone from the authorities welcoming any fan involvement in these discussions. I, I don't see that happening. But um, what I would say is, is over the course of this season, there's a, been a very real um, issue on a number of occasions with how football supporters on the whole are being treated by authorities. And I, and I think it's, it's a wider problem than perhaps some realise. Uh, that's where I want to leave it. Uh, if you guys have got any sort of closing comments? I, I just want to say that uh, I can't remember if I read it or I imagined it, but it was, it was an experiment. And hopefully they'll see it was something that, that didn't work that well and they'll learn from it and, and it won't happen again. If it happens again, yes, we, we, we can really have a about it. If they think, well, yeah, we made a, a monumental, get that beat ready, um, then then I think we have got a gripe. But if they, if they, if they realised it didn't work, then fair enough. The inconvenience one night, you know, it's not going to kill us. Mm. But if it's, if it's the way forward, then, then we do need to worry. Yeah, I, I'm just concerned. I mean, I, I know exactly what you're saying. That you, you hope that you hope that there's there's some reason to uh, to the to the response to this, but I just fear it's the way we're heading. You know, we, we've we've talked again on another issue. We've talked before about standing and things like that. And there's been another conversation about that this week. Um, mm. um, and that's that's a totally different debate. But what what I'm getting at is that there's a too much being dictated to football supporters at the moment. And and football supporters are not. What the hell are you smashing a keyboard with a hammer? He's probably anyway. in his microphone against his crotch again. <laughs> anyway, um, people are being dictated to too much. Is what I'm trying to say at, at football matches, and people are starting to lose their enthusiasm <laughs> um, for for continuously for continuing to go to football matches. And when when you're in a situation where people are saying, "I'm not renewing my season ticket because of the police treatment," then then really that is. I mean that's that's frightening in my opinion. That, that's what it terrifies me that something that club cannot control <coughs> would actually directly affect their their income and their and their future as well. Um, I'd, I'd prefer if the club took control of something like this, have yeah. someone to actually organise it because then they would know what to do because they know the area, they know what happens between the two clubs, and they can sort of section the place and say this is what we need to do and this is the best way to organise it instead of letting oh. them have at it. Well, that's another subject, Aaron, and I did yeah. want to, really did want to move on. I know Nick's got to move on as well, and, and he's actually got to go in two minutes. Um, yes. But um, just, to, just to sort of close on that point, um, I, the club ha- have an option um, of zero police uh, games, mm. uh, and the, the option that they're given on that depends on how fans are behaving and how they've behaved in the past and all that sort of stuff. We have certain games, and we've had certain games this season, where we've been permitted to have no police in the ground and been allowed to run our own ship. That, as you said, you would like that yourself. That's what the club want as well. Uh, yeah. They're not always allowed to have that. And events like 
Brighton home and away this season, Millwall home and away this season, issues we've had up in past at Middlesbrough, uh, issues we've seen at various other games. Uh, those things don't help, and that's a lot of that is to do with a certain group of our own fans, uh, and that's that's when I say a certain group, I don't mean I don't mean. For example, I don't mean the Homestale fanatics. I don't mean the Arthur Way Massive. I mean a certain section of our support is what I mean. Um, just to at the end of the day, you're always going to get it, aren't you? You can't mess it. It's yeah. It's always has been. It's always it's always been and always. Well, I hope always, it always won't well. be, will be, but the indication is it will. Um, Nick, and anything you want to say before you go? Um, I, I just got to give a big up to my two children who've been waiting next to me patiently, really, really quietly, because they know we're online. So big up to Joe and Will, and um, they're going to be at the Doncaster game. I won't, because I'm on my brother's stag weekend in Bournemouth, which I'm looking forward to bliss mm-hmm. night up immensely at next Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a bit scared at my age to be going to my <laughs> It'll be fine. Just, just... It'll be my birthday that day as well. I'll be really, really, really old, and I'll be with all these young people on a stag weekend. And <laughs> if I don't email you on next Sunday's show, it means I've died. Yeah, I mean, oh, oh man. <laughs> well, cheers. Thanks for your your time, Nick. And also, yes, thank you very much to your to your lads for being quiet as well. Much appreciated. All right, okay, they um, can go and share on the screen. Take yeah, care, lads. Stuff. Yep. See you later. Bye. Nick. Bye. See you, buddy. And then there were three of us. Um, what about Genesis? I, I say there were three of us. Ben's not said much at all. No, I am still here. I apologise. <laughs> I just didn't have much to say on the uh, on the wall. No, I suppose you were. You say you're in a different position. Well, you can help me uh, very quickly preview the Middlesbrough game. Yes. Now, are you clever enough to have looked up the uh, the stuff on the official site about Middlesbrough? No, no, I'm no, not. you're not. Are Although you? I do have a quote from Paddy McCarthy from the Homestale. Go for and it. He says every game has to be a cup final now, and we must try to get three points from each. If we can have a run of games with three or four wins on the bounce, that will see us up there or thereabouts. Hmm. Uh, yeah, so obviously Paddy, Paddy's not uh, ruling out the playoffs, and Dougie said after the Brighton game, so brought that was the sort of game we have to win to be within a chance. But obviously Paddy is back. That's that's sort of the the news from our yeah. squad. Really, Paul McShane. Um, hmm? Replacing Paul McShane, one would yeah, think. Sorry, yeah, we we would expect that. Yeah, although like I say McShane was was excellent against Brighton, so it's an interesting decision to be made there. Uh, obviously, it comes too soon for Johnny Williams. Um, Think I think we're expecting him probably back at the start of March in terms of playing, but but perhaps no, sooner. It's not worth rushing him back, is it? Certainly, well, certainly isn't. No, no. Um, the Middlesbrough team news: It says Tony Mowbray has a few injury concerns ahead of the visit of Palace frontman Scott McDonald. Frontman, frontman Scott McDonald. Not a surname, isn't it? It's not Jeff Frontman. Anyway, <laughs> frontman uh, front Scott McDonald is likely to be out for up to well, Stunner's one word on the official site as well. I have to have a talk with whoever does this typing on the official website. I need to give him some spelling coaching. Mm. Anyway, he's likely to be out up for up to eight weeks with a knee problem, whilst midfielder Nicky Bailey, boo ex Charlton boo, is still absent with a similar injury. Mowbray mm. is without the services of Danny Coyne. Uh, keeper, I believe, and Marouane Zamam. Hang on, that's definitely got too many M's in it. It's three M's, isn't it? Zemma with three M's. Zemma is. I'm gonna go out on a limb and say that's wrong. 
<laughs> anyway, um, and he's got a hernia problem, apparently. It's the least of his problems. Uh, Barry Robson and Marvin Emenez will fa- face late fitness tests. I hope they both fail those uh, to determine involvement. Julio Arco won't be involved due to suspension. Excellent stuff. Um, so they, they look like they've got a few few people out, and they've struggled of late, um, losing to Coventry, of all things. Oh, dear. If you do that, that is just disgraceful. And not... And I think it was 3-1 as well. Just, um, oh. but, they, but they have taken Coventry's best player, which who's Lukas Jukovic. Um, I think he's up, I think he's caught, what was it, 15 goals or something like that? Oh, no, no, no. Perhaps less than Ooh. that. But um, he's, yeah, he, he's a good striker. And he, well, people remember he's sort of, sort of scored against us uh, in our 2-1 win. Um, I think looking at that, um, if we're going to beat Middlesbrough at any point this season, it's got to be, got to be around now with all those injuries and, well, if you think back, we've played them, uh, played them in the league at Selhurst and lost one nil. Uh, but then we beat them in the cup with, um, and so I, I think the lesson I sort of think we should have learned from that was we have to, we had to play with a bit of urgency that our youngsters gave us in the cup. So if we play our typical, if we play like we did against Brighton in the first half, I think we're going to struggle. But we, we've been strong away from home. The 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 impetus has to be with Middlesbrough to attack us, um, and that's and that's where we're we're good. That's what that's how we you know how we go and win these games really. So I'm 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 quite quietly confident we'll get something done up there if if the game's on with all the snow. Um, as forecast, I assume I think it's the snows later on. So I just the problem would be probably me getting back home. But um, you'd be good if you got up there and it got cooled off, wouldn't you? <laughs> I would be slightly angry, angry to be honest with you, because it's not just that the game would have been called off; it's just the fact that I would have to go back up there again at some point. And yeah. <laughs> really, yeah. don't. Um, well, look the the betting odds that we're four to one to beat Middlesbrough, which um, sure that's pretty that's pretty long odds. Well, I have to say, four to one, I might have a go at that. Um, yeah, so uh, guys, quick predictions. What do you think, Ben? Um, I think one one. Mm. And Aaron? Mm, I'm going to go one better. 2-1 Palace. Mm. I sense an away win again. I'm Looking at my one. weekend accumulator, I can tell you the Middlesbrough at 8-11 to be honest. Mm. That's pretty good odds. Yeah. Well, I'm going to go with 0-0. There you go. Boring. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I take it back. I'm going to go 1-0 Palace. Yes. There we go. All right, well, that's been a, quite a long podcast. I don't know how... I don't know how it how it's going to sound on the back. Whether I've even recorded it properly, but let's hope so. <laughs> if you've recorded it at all, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's only been what an hour and hour and a half or so. Would have been a great waste of our time if I haven't recorded it, wouldn't it? Yes, <laughs> not so, doing yeah. it again. That's for sure. No, no. Well, look. Cheers, cheers, chaps. Thanks for your time today. Um, I will. Uh, I'll be tweeting my updates from the Middlesbrough game. If you want to, uh, I'll be reading them. Yeah. Be using oh, the yes. at Holmesdale account for that. So if you are on Twitter and you do, and you don't yet follow Holmesdale, fo- make sure you follow at Holmesdale, and I'll tell you what's going on up at Middlesbrough. Well, yeah, they won't know to follow you for the Middlesbrough game because this is being broadcast the day after. <laughs> it's not. Game. No, you're wrong because I'm I'm putting it out as a podcast only. Okay. All right. No, after yeah, after the show, right now, right now. Okay. Wrong. Sort of get crack Sorry. on with it. Why would I have previewed the Middlesbrough game if it was going to go out after the Middlesbrough <laughs> game? I'm not an idiot. Yeah, no, true, true, yeah. Can I give oh, it I just, yeah, you've, you're an idiot. You've got him raving now. <laughs> the red <laughs> mist is descending. <laughs> what are you playing at? 
Who do you think I am? <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Anyway, um, you've distracted me. I think I've said everything I need to say. So, obviously, yeah, thanks to uh, Ben and Aaron and also to Nick and Albert for their time today. And uh, thank you for downloading and listening. Um, I was about to say if you did, but it'd be quite strange to thank you and you hadn't because you wouldn't hear that. If there's a better yeah. way to end a show, I don't know what... And on that bombshell. <laughs> <laughs> It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is, that's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.